Well, we're talking about the benefits of praying in tongues or praying in the spirit. And we're going to have a look in a moment about how this practice uh, allowed Paul to really uh, move in the supernatural and to achieve so much for the Lord during his time here on earth. And we're, we've been talking about how when you pray in the spirit, it edifies you in every area of your life, spirit, soul and body. And, and I was showing how actually when you pray in the spirit, it keeps you healthy. We all know that it activates our spirit, but I was looking at the side of the emotions and the, the, the soul, but also at the side of your actual physicality, your health. Yes, on the one hand, it releases healing power to heal the sick. And perhaps if you are sick by praying the spirit, that's going to release divine medicine within you to heal you. But more than that, it's going to keep you in a place of health so that it's more difficult for you to be sick in a sense. Psalm 91 then becomes a reality because it says a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. So this is saying that you're going to be protected by a lot of things. Again, the psalmist says that uh, uh, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near you. And so this talks of divine protection from a lot of sicknesses and diseases. Why? Because you've got the anointing upon you. You've got health within you. And like I said earlier, that actually even if you do get a sickness or a disease, um, the, the life force of God, let's call it the power of the Holy Spirit, is so constantly manifesting inside of you. You are able to overcome that sickness more quickly you're able to bounce back as the scripture says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and of course that's points to more than just the fact that the holy spirit is greater than than demons that it can you know the power of god in a believer can cast out demons for another no i believe that talks in every area that literally you have a greater health in you than the sickness outside of you and so these are th this is a, a way when you pray in the spirit, you're activating these things so that if you do get sick, you are able to overcome more quickly. You're able to bounce back more quickly. It's very interesting, actually, that they've done studies in hospitals in the United States about people who speak in tongues. And these are not Christian studies. These are secular studies done by by medics and scientists. And they show that people who pray in tongues get healed quicker than people that don't. Hallelujah. This is just an absolutely wonderful, wonderful promise that the Lord has for us. And um, anyhow, before I talk about the Apostle Paul, let me just give you another example of this in kind of the modern world. Years ago, I worked for a company in Hong Kong when I graduated from university. And... Um, Hong Kong uh, was, uh, you know, it's now returned. It was a British colony. It's now returned to Chinese control. And, but I remember reading a book about a young missionary girl who left the United Kingdom, I think at the age of 18 or 19, called Jackie Pullinger. And she went out to Hong Kong to minister to the triads, which were the gang members um, that dominated some parts of Hong Kong, especially an area called the Walled City. And these, it was called the Walled City because they had these great 
tower blocks, these high rises that were all crammed together and linked together through sort of, you know, connections and tunnels and so forth that made it one huge great complex. And, and these drug lords um, literally lorded over the area. And in those days, opium was the number one drug that people used. And so they would sell drugs and thousands of people were addicted to drugs and opium. So I hear is one of the most addictive drugs that exists. So in other words, if you get hooked on opium, you can never get off it. In fact, um, when I married Sylvia, when I met Sylvia, she was working for, uh, she was studying at uh, a Bible school in London and she stayed in a house just opposite the church in Kensington and for her food and lodge she also worked for the owner of the house who was this delightful old lady called Mrs Quick who I got to know in her latter years and her son Andrew Quick wrote the book about Jackie Pillinger famous book called uh, Chasing the Dragon Andrew uh, we became good friends with him uh, after that as well and and so it's one of the few books in my life that I've read from cover to cover twice without stopping because I got to the end of the book and I thought wow that is so amazing I just wanted to read it again and it tells as I said of the story of Jackie and she's just a single young in a sense vulnerable weak um, young missionary lady who goes on and takes on the triads and tries to help them anyhow cutting to the chase she gets all these addicts from opium delivered from this addiction. How? By getting them saved, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then they remain free. How? By praying in tongues every day for at least 15 minutes. And that shows that, for me, that shows that when you pray in the spirit you edify yourself you strengthen yourself so that old addictions or temptations that used to dominate you can no longer dominate you she found a key to deliver these people and keep them free that no no government service no medic no medicine had discovered and it was literally by praying in the spirit now it's very interesting when i started the church in swindon i remember uh, we we had a visit one day from a young couple who had just come back from Hong Kong and they after the service they came up to talk to me and, and they said, Pastor, uh, yeah, we've been working out in Hong Kong with Jackie Pullinger. And I was thrilled to hear this news and that she was doing well and the ministry was continuing on. But I was interested to know because Chasing the Dragon was written many years ago in the 70s. And I said to them, hey, do you still recommend that people pray in the spirit every day for at least 15 minutes for them to be, for, the, for, for addicts to be free from their addictions. And they said, Pastor, uh, we've never stopped uh, advising that and implementing that. And that is why we have such great results about setting people free and keeping them free from these addictions. Hallelujah. So, uh, guys, this is real. This really, really works. There is power in praying in the spirit perhaps you yourself have struggled with an addiction you haven't been able to overcome you see what is an addiction something that overcomes you it seems to control you okay and again opium addicts they would they would become what they called cold turkey 
Okay, so they would suffer these withdrawal symptoms so much more that so much so that they had to do whatever it took to get a hold of that drug. And of course, the very title "Chasing the Dragon" speaks of of uh, the fact that when you get high on opium, it apparently gives you such a sensation that you want to repeat it. But in order to repeat it, you have to take more drugs the second time round and the third time round. So you're constantly chasing this high. So the Chinese call it chasing the dragon. Really, it's the dragon chasing you, which is why so many people died, uh, you know, using opium. But there's deliverance, there's life, there's freedom through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so maybe you don't have an addiction. Well, you know somebody who doesn't have an addiction quite as as vicious as opium but there are many other types of additions but people can be free hallelujah anyhow getting back to the point here let's talk about the apostle paul because i want to show you how both divine health was in him and divine healing flowed through him uh, in the book of acts the last chapter tells about when paul was being transported to rome because he'd appealed to caesar when he was on trial and so he'd been sent in the custody of a centurion on a ship to Rome. Okay, Paul had advised the centurion and advised the, the, the captain of the ship not to sail at, at a particular time because he perceived in the spirit that uh, it would end in disaster. Remember I said when you pray in the spirit, you begin to have spiritual perception and insight. The gifts, we'll talk about this later, but the gifts of the spirit begin to manifest in you. So Paul saw things that other people weren't seeing, but even so, they didn't believe him. And what happens is they go into a terrible storm uh, and only just survive it, again, because of Paul. But the ship runs aground near an island and begins to break up in the waves and on the rocks. And so both the soldiers, the sailors, and the prisoners uh, have to swim for their lives. And they arrive on an island called Malta. And interestingly, that even when they arrive, the, the, the scripture says, in fact, we'll look at it. I'm reading from Acts chapter 28, verse 1. Let's pick up the story. Now, when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was uh, falling and because of the cold and, and just to stop there and say this is unusual <clears throat> because it, the word the original word here is actually barbarian so the local barbarians or natives were unusually kind and this really speaks of the grace of god barbarians of course the word barbarian comes from the word barber which in latin means bearded one so these tended to be lawless people so rather bearded ones in those days or barbarians were compared to civilized ones those who had civil laws and they tended to shave hence the the difference in words there and so these were lawless and really <clears throat> they were local natives if if you arrived on their islands you could well be killed okay or, or enslaved but they were shown unusual kindness so that just shows that the lord was with paul uh, the grace of God was upon him. And anyhow, they kindled a fire. And then in verse 3, we read, But Paul, when he had gathered a bundle of sticks, laid them on the fire. A viper came out because of the heat 
and fastened on his hand. And again, just to stop there, I love the Apostle Paul. He just seems to be this wonderful balance of being really spiritual and really practical. A wonderful man of God, prophet, moving in the power of God, the anointing of God, a preacher. But here you see him doing the practical stuff as well. It was him who was out there picking up sticks to build up the fire whilst others were shivering with cold. Hallelujah. And But what happens is as he picks up a pile of sticks, a snake that was in the sticks comes out and fastens upon where his hand. And so verse 4 says, So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. Verse 6, however, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Wow. So, I mean, this is a really interesting passage of scripture because actually what the natives uh, uh, discern or perceive is truth. They, they conclude that when they see the serpent biting his hand, they, they think, hang on, this guy must be a murderer because though he's escaped the sea, justice hasn't allowed him to live. Now, when I say that they had discerned the truth, what I'm saying is that they, he was a murderer. They were right in that. Paul was the persecutor of the church. It was he who had assented to the death of the first martyr, Stephen, and then had gone around to imprison, to persecute, and have killed the early believers. And so, in a sense, justice was against him. So even though he'd survived the sea, now a serpent had gone to get him. But this is the great truth of the gospel that Paul was preaching, is that by justice we deserve to die. We deserve judgment. But God is rich in mercy and abundant in grace. So he delivers us from divine justice and divine wrath through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, and this is really what plays out in this story, is that the serpent or the, 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 the snake attaches itself to his hand, but he suffered no harm. The natives expected it. In fact, the natives were so shocked that when he didn't swell up and die, they then concluded, they went from one extreme to another, <laughs> you know, he's the worst of sinners but now they conclude that he's a god because he didn't die so normally people died so then you ask yourself the question well why didn't paul die and i believe that this is supernatural literally um that because of the divine health within him the power of god upon him okay that that venom of the serpent could not affect him as it normally could and again i'm coming back to this place that when you pray in the spirit it releases divine health and divine life within you hallelujah so that you are protected in a way that perhaps other people aren't and this is so vital for us today because we live in a generation we live in a world now where there are sicknesses and diseases and viruses and they are going to continue and perhaps even increase and God wants his people to be healthy and I'll tell you why he wants you to be healthy not only for your good but for the good of the kingdom let me give you an example for example when Christ visits Capernaum 
which is the the small town where Peter lived. Do you remember that Peter's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever? And Peter asked him to come and pray and Jesus laid his hands on her and immediately she was healed. And the Bible says, and she got up and served them. So here's the point. When you're sick, you end up in bed, but when you're healthy, you get up and serve. And so the point is this, that actually, um, the, the point is this, that uh, God want, God wants you to be healthy, but not just for your sake. I mean, he's a good God. He'll do it for your sake, but actually for the kingdom's sake, because it's when Christians are healthy, when his servants are healthy, that they can get up and serve. When they're not healthy, they can't. And so it's a, a win-win situation. Now, I want to go a little bit further in this passage of scripture because we've seen how divine health was in Paul. Okay, but now if you follow the, the story down, we're in Acts 28, as I said, the scripture says in verse 7 that in that region there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publius lay sick of fever and dysentery. And Paul went into him and prayed and he laid his hands on him and healed him. In verse 9, so when this was done, the rest, uh, excuse me, so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Wow. Uh, the thing I want you to focus on here is that when Paul went in and prayed for him, he laid hands on him and healed him. So watch this. The serpent, first of all, bit the hand of Paul, okay, and nothing happened. Now, the same hand that was bitten, now Paul lays on the father of Publius and he is healed. This is extraordinary. So, literally, Paul was was. Uh, protected from enemy attack, from venom, from venom, from sickness, from disease. Okay, but also he then released divine healing through the same hand to other people. Wow, and that's really the picture that God wants you to have for your own life. You are to be a picture of health, but also you're to be a fountain of healing for others. Again. I'm saying that the book of Acts follows the Apostle Paul. It seems that the move of God goes with him. Why is that? Well, as I said, because he didn't receive the grace of the Lord in vain. He labored more abundantly than others. How is it that more seems to have happened through the Apostle Paul? It was he who uh, not only, look at this, it was Paul who on the one hand was the Apostle that laid the structure to so much church he traveled around raising up leaders getting people converted establishing churches but it was also paul who in his apostolic prophetic role established the doctrine of the early church he was the one who wrote the most of the letters he was the one who had the real revelation of the substitutionary work of christ what we call the vicarious work of Christ. In other words, not just what Christ did, that he died, was crucified, was buried, and rose again, but why he was crucified, why he was buried, why he rose again. He was crucified for our sins. Okay, We were buried with him. 
okay and in baptism that's a symbol of being buried with him he rose again for our justification all those wonderful revelations of the wise which are now the doctrine of the new covenant came through paul hallelujah so he was massively active both in terms of teaching but also in traveling and investing and getting around and and as i said both the sort of spiritual side and the practical side why why was he able to labor so much well i believe that one of the main reasons is because he was spiritually active he prayed in tongues more than everyone else he didn't receive the spirit in vain he constantly kept that spirit uh, active uh, exercised within him and as we've said when you pray in tongues you edify yourself you build yourself up you strengthen yourself in spirit soul and body hallelujah so we're talking about the benefits of praying in the spirit and the first thing we've said is that praying in the spirit releases health and healing through you now the second point is in, in a sense a follow-on that praying in the spirit literally activates the miraculous and i've noticed this that where churches and groups of believers pray in the spirit a lot then those places are places where more miracles happen and that could be at a church setting in a small group setting in houses and in homes etc but the two things go hand in hand. Now, let me just deal with this quickly. I know that there are churches that say that speaking in tongues and all the gifts of the finish are not for today, that they've, they're, they're over. They're called uh, secessionists, so they've ceased. And, but they base that doctrine on one verse of scripture in 1 Corinthians 13 and 8, for those of you who are interested, Paul writes, whether there are tongues, they will cease. But he goes on to say, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. But please understand me. Uh, that which is perfect has not yet come. So this gift has not yet been done away with. Uh, perfection comes with Christ when he comes again. You know, when he returns in his fullness and his glory, when the kingdom of God manifests in its fullness, then obviously the gifts of the Spirit won't be necessary because perfection will be here. Why will, why will you need the gift of healing when everybody's healthy because of the manifest presence of the kingdom of God all around us? Why will we need to speak in an unknown tongue when everything now is made clear and we have full communion with God? We speak to him face to face. We have full communion with one another. So please don't get hung up on that particular issue, okay? The gifts of the Spirit are for today. Speaking in tongue is for today. And my point here is that when you pray in the Spirit, many more miracles happen. Hallelujah. And in any case, I personally believe that we are living in the last days. And these are times where whilst the darkness gets darker, the light will shine brighter. It's a kind of polarization of forces as prophesied in Scripture where the Antichrist system uh, manifests in it full in its fullness but also the the bride of christ perfects herself and so the light and the glory upon god's church the latter house 
uh, reveals more and more of God's presence and power. And so we, we're in a time and a stage where the supernatural of God will manifest more and more. Hallelujah. And let's think about it anyhow. If the early church needed the gifts of the Spirit in order to operate, in order to advance, and these were people who had been around Christ in person, then so much more us today needs the power and the presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit 2,000 years later. Hallelujah. So we're talking about praying in tongues and how that releases the power of God and the miraculous. Now, I want to give you a prophetic picture here. In Isaiah 59 and 19, the scripture says this, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Just think with me at the moment. It seems as if this pandemic that has gone around the world is like a flood. It's like something terrible, destructive, uh, causing fear and panic and death on every nation of the earth. It's a demonic flood. It's an infernal flood that spread around. It's almost as if the virus is a demonic flood that's trying to imitate the way the Lord will flood the earth with his glory and his presence. Okay, the scripture says that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea in Habakkuk 14, sorry, 4 and 14. So the Lord is going to flood the earth with, with his glory. But right now, it seems as if the enemy is flooding the earth with a counterfeit, okay? And actually not with life, but with death. So, so the, the, the devil is trying to do something right now to destroy as much as possible, knowing that God is gearing up to do something wonderful here on earth in these uh, last days. Now, notice what we read in Isaiah 59. When the enemy comes in like a flood, what will happen? The Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So even though what the devil is doing and what uh, is happening worldwide at the moment is like a flood that's causing lockdowns, quarantines, as I said, panic and death. And remember that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy but the Lord has come to give life and life in abundance so let's be clear about that but the way that the Lord um, changes the situation the scripture says that when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him so how is that standard and what is this standard well standard literally means a banner okay and remember in in the song of songs uh, Solomon wrote your banner over me is love okay Jehovah Nissi is actually the word the Lord is my banner and that and and God revealed himself as the banner of the Lord the standard of the Lord when the Israelites um, were were in battle and if you remember Moses and and or lifted up Moses's hands in intercession and every time his hands were lifted high the power of God came down to give Joshua victory as he fought in the in the valley below and so this is a real picture of how when God's name is lifted high 
okay, when his standard is lifted, how the power of God comes to defeat the enemy. And so then the question is, well, how is the spirit of the Lord? How is this standard lifted up? I believe it's through praying in the spirit. Hallelujah. When you pray in the spirit, literally you root out the enemy from your life as you pray in tongues. Things begin to happen. The miraculous comes forth as you lift up your hands and activate the spirit. Indeed, the power of the kingdom comes and drives back the enemy and releases the glory of God through those prayers. Hallelujah. So we're talking about benefits of praying in the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you here because you might be facing difficult circumstances, unprecedented odds against you. But that's what Moses faced. That's what this scripture is take, telling us about. There's a flood around us. It looks impossible. Everything's against us. But there is a way always that the Lord can lift up a banner. And that banner over you is love. And that banner is powerful. It releases the glory of God. It turns circumstances and situations around. If you're facing an impossible situation where you just can't see the way forward, I'm encouraging you today, start praying with intensity in the Holy Spirit. If God can set drug addicts free from opium, literally just by praying in tongues, pray in tongues yourself. And you're going to see things change literally in the physical realm. Okay. Maybe a financial problem you're facing, a relational problem, maybe a physical problem, a sickness. It may be something to do with your circumstances. But I'm here to say, pray in the spirit. And that's how God's glory is released on your life. There are benefits, real blessings that come through praying in tongues. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. And we like to finish with an opportunity for people to give their lives to Christ. And if you've never done that before, say these words after me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I thank you for a new heart and a new start. Amen. And we believe that you've now been born again. We encourage you to join a Christ-centered church in your area. God bless you. To acquire more teachings to help you grow in wisdom and grace, check out our website, thegreatmission.org, where you can order paper copies or Kindle versions of inspiring materials, such as There's a Miracle Coming Your Way. Finally, we would also ask you to consider becoming a partner of TGM, The Great Mission. Through a network of missionary evangelists, we are holding events in Asia, Africa, and South America to get the gospel of grace in word and action to hundreds of families every month. We hold grace festivals where multitudes of new people have received food parcels and been transformed by the message of God's goodness and grace. By becoming a monthly partner, you can be part of a worldwide harvest of souls. Thanks for your consideration. 